Explosions! Space! It is time for DLC! Wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Brooklyn and Casper and Sherry's Berries. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show... All about games, and there are many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who prefers to take his last-second buzzer beaters in the first few seconds of the show, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, audience. Uh, good news raised over $2,000 already in one week for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I'm helping raise money for them all month long, and that's exciting for a couple reasons. One, over $2,000 is awesome. It helps families uh, help get their kids the treatment they need. Two, I know that most people that listen to this show haven't donated yet. Statistically, most people haven't donated yet, and we're almost halfway there. And also because uh, we're stealing all your information and we're watching you. No. The, oh, no. Why would you kneecap a, a charity mm. drive, Jeff? That doesn't make <laughs> for a for a cheap joke. Any sense? Mm. So Jeff just upped his donation. That yep. was really kind of him. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but you can do it right now. There's a link at the top of my Twitter. It's pinned to my Twitter, and it's also on my website. 100 percent tax uh, deductible, and it all goes to St. Jude, and it helps kids fight cancer. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I would venture to say that last week's episode, where you first made this announcement, um, perhaps the the link was a little obscure. You said you had to go to your website. Now it's so much easier. So much easier to donate. Uh, please help Christian help kids. Uh, he he's doing a great thing here, and I'm I'm super happy that uh, our show can be uh, helping to put more positivity in the world via his efforts. So thanks, Christian. Also. Make him shave his head. Make him shave his head because I want to see that. That's true. Right now I'm dying at pink or purple. I have to eat four jars of baby food. And if we hit 5K, I am buzzing my head uh, with number two clippers, which is going to be – that's when you you know when you're losing your hair. Aww. Like right now, I like, pretend that I'm not losing <laughs> my hair. How how much to uh, have it number zero clippers? How, 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 how high do we have to get to get that uh, – to bick it, to get that Mr. Clean look? Ten. 10K? 10K. I'll I think we it. can do yeah. that. I think we can do that for the kids. I mean, you know, for the kids. Yeah. It all goes to the kids. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'll do 10K. I'll bick it. 15K. I'll get a tattoo. I love this. <laughs> all right. Well, we got we got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to talk video games. We got stuff we've been playing, and we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know that DLC is always your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh man, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for Die Live compete because from the spawn on me podcast one of our favorite guests is back with us khalif adams welcome back to the show man what up boys how you all doing i have to match that energy from the beginning of the show because if i don't i'm gonna feel like a lame i can't do that i can't do that plus Uh, you always bring it man i I, even when you're uh, low-key it's you got an energy I'm trying. I'm trying. Plus, we have to get that energy up because I need another ball-headed brother. So I need people to put all the money that they possibly can into Christian's yeah. charity effort so that we can, I can so we can like see each other at the next event. We can like put our heads together literally, and it would be the most beautiful thing on the planet. Yeah. How about this, Khalif? If I hit if I hit 10k and bick my head, 
I will draw on a goatee and get glasses just like yours, and I will take a matching Twitter profile pic to you. <laughs> no, you have no idea how much joy that would actually bring me. And <laughs> K for kids fighting cancer. That bring me so much joy. Seriously, amounts of joy. I just want to be here with you, boys. I want you to make the goatee out of the hair that you shave off your head. That's what I want to see. Uh, done. <laughs> All right, dudes, uh, let's get into the show and start the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by visiting our subreddit. That is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Khalif, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. Uh, some big ones this week, for sure. What would you consider to be your story of the week? It's got to be Red Dead. I'm stealing it. I'm stealing Red yeah. Dead off the board early. Um, it, it That reveal of the, what is that, third trailer now at this point? Yeah. I think it, it blew me away. I was watching it at work. And was trying to not make really loud giggly noises. <laughs> so people were like, what are you doing over there? Um, but, uh, seeing it on IGN, kind of just like dropping it, uh, really early in the morning, kind of like set the tone for the rest of the day as far as my excitement for that game and for whatever is coming, uh, in the next couple of months. Yeah. Uh, I'm super happy to, to, to see them kind of continue the, at least a little bit from what we saw in the, in the trailer. The, the the story of John Marston and 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 broaden that broaden that uh, conversation and that story out and and I think they're doing it. Is it a prequel at this point? I think it's a prequel. Yeah, right? they're they're kind of trying not to talk about it as a prequel. They say it's more of a companion piece, which I don't know the distinction necessarily there, but that's what they're saying. Uh, yeah, it takes place in a time period before the first Red Dead Redemption game that Rockstar made. Oh, um, a companion piece. Yeah, 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 a companion <laughs> piece. You know how. I think it's probably because there's never been a good prequel. <laughs> so they're like, let's not call it that. Um, but man, you're right, Cleve. This is a pretty trailer. Ugh. Oh, Rockstar knows how to set the mood in their teasers and in their trailers. Um, it's just gorgeous. Uh, that wonderful Western imagery. Um, we get some, some tidbits of story bits and, uh, characters that we know and some that we don't uh, in the trailer. And then also alongside the trailer, IGN, as you mentioned, got sort of the first exclusive hands-on coverage of 45 mm-hmm. minutes from the game. They didn't say where in the game they played, if it's the beginning of the game or somewhere in the middle. Uh, but basically they got to mess around in the open world a bit and dropped some details about how it's going to work. Uh, the, the long and the short of it is it's a, it's a Red Dead game. It's a Rockstar game. It's a big open <laughs> world game. It, it plays a lot like that. But there are some new interesting differentiators uh, to make this sequel a little fresher. Uh, they kept referencing the fact that the quest system won't be quite as um, explicit or as structured as previous Rockstar games where you, you see a cutscene and then you take that quest and you go on it. Uh, quests sort of emerge from discussions that are uh, happening in the world around you. You can encounter characters that just strike up conversations and basically whether you decide to keep talking to them may open up new quests for you to do, new things you need to do. Um, they talked about how you are on the run from the law uh, in this game and you'll have these encampments and you'll have to have some sort of, I don't know, uh, 
civilization style or, or you know strategy style resource management of those uh, encampments. We don't know how robust that will be, but there's an element of having to keep those resources up. There is new horses that will have much more personality and horses will be different horse to horse. Where you leave a horse is where it stays. It doesn't just magically appear next to you when you need it. Um, horse, of course. Uh, horses, horse, of course, of course. Uh, and different horses will have different statistics and you'll want different horses for different kinds of activities and you'll be able to train them up. Um, so not tons of new information here as far as like big, crazy things to make it seem different from the first Red Dead, but... I, I can tell that you're excited. Is there anything that you wish was in this info or that you feel like this maybe is, is lacking? I mean, I like the fact that they kind of started to poke at the idea of what the quest system is going to be after playing Far Cry <clears throat> and uh-huh. digging how they've taken some of the um, kind of usual structures in which you get missions and kind of broaden that out into making it more of something that you touch within the world itself and the people who are in the world giving you those missions is exciting to hear that stuff. But it also feels like we're always in this weird in-between space between um, when teaser trailers come out, especially around E3, uh, when we where we know Rockstar is never going to show up, right. yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's great that they're that they're sharing some of this stuff out, but it just leads to more questions, which is which is okay. You know, I, I, I'm not expecting this. I'm not expecting to get a whole bunch of info just yet, anyway, because it doesn't feel like they've ramped that part of the staging of this new game uh, yet. So yeah, I, I'm excited for what I've heard. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like uh, IGN was very high on it from their hands-on. Uh, of course, we know zero about any kind of multiplayer. They didn't haven't talked about that at all yet. Um, Christian, what was your feeling about uh, this this trailer and some of the tidbits that IGN was able to uh, discuss? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what uh, you've both said. I think Rockstar makes some of the best trailers or has made some of the best trailers um, in video game history. I mean, GTA 4s were incredible. Even San Andreas, if you go, you know, in the Wayback Machine, which it's shocking how old that game is, or how old <laughs> I am, I should say. The game is how old it is. Um, uh, but they do a really good job with their presentation and their cinematics. And I think for me, watching this reveal or this trailer online and then the reaction that came after, it's like we all get swept up in like how beautiful this trailer is. And we're like, oh man, this looks so good. This is am- it's so beautiful. It's so great. Wait, they didn't, they didn't show me anything. What am I, what am I doing? Has, has anything changed? What are the mission system? What, what does aiming look like? Is, is gunplay better? I could have, and it's like this weird roller coaster we all ride where we're like, that's amazing. And then it's like Khalif said, we're left wondering all these questions, which I think is intentional by Rockstar, right? It keeps the conversation going longer than just here's a trailer and here's the new aiming mechanic. And we have several months between us and October when this game comes out. The thing I think is most interesting about how they framed this trailer, though, is that it seems to lean into this idea of, like, the West is coming to an end. The end of the frontier. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... Wait a minute. That was the theme of the last game. (laughs) That was 12 years later than this game. (laughs) This is the beginning of the end of the frontier. (laughs) Maybe it is a companion piece. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Rockstar if somewhere, like, maybe we time dash. You know, we're, we're here, and then you do a little bit during Red Dead 1 era, and then a little in the future, like... I have no like, reason like laser pistols. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> then you go to uh, the, the future end of the West. The, yeah. Not the yeah, the old future. Uh, yeah. The end of the beginning. <laughs> I think is what it's called. It's a companion piece, Jeff. Um, and I'm also excited to see how or if they've implemented anything or an evolution of GTA 5's heists 
into this because I think that mm. style of gameplay for like a train robbery or something like that would be incredible. Like, there's a lot of awesome stuff, but this is all just me projecting what I want to be in the game, not anything that that they've shown yet. Mm. Yeah, it seems that you know the systems in Rockstar games have evolved. That's certain, but they don't evolve in huge ways. It seems to me it's not like this is going to, I don't even think anybody expects Red Dead 2 to be any huge leap from GTA 5 or even the first Red Dead as long ago as those games were. It feels like they, they have their groove. What they do really well is create these incredibly emergent worlds that mm. have so much detail and life to them. They have these crazy stories and we basically play the games the same way every time and they just sort of incrementally improve things here and there, but not, not in huge yes. ways. Only narratively, I would maybe agree with you there. What GTA Online did, and you know, not being the your most original thing per se when it came out, I mean, it is still a behemoth, and a lot of new content has been added to that over the lifespan of GTA Five, which is a perennial NPD top ten. Um, so I think they're doing newer, exciting things, but they're doing it more in the Nintendo or Apple approach where they're not the first to do it, but when Rockstar does it, it's so refined and so well done that it mm. is above almost everything else. Yeah. Can I say something that will be a little blasphemous, I guess? Uh, I, I, go was, Rockets? Go, no, no. <laughs> I'm, wearing my, I'm wearing my Golden State shirt right now, baby. Um, uh, <laughs> I watched this trailer and I was I was blown away by how beautiful it is. I have no doubt that this game is going to be impressive and the world is going to be like just insanely detailed and robust and there's going to be so much to do and these rabbit holes to go down. I'm sure there'll be, you know, 100 hours of just playing poker that's available and whatever, you know, all these Oh yeah. Yeah, all these things that Rockstar does so well to create these nooks and crannies of their universes, their worlds that you can get lost in and there'll be so many different things to go and do. And I'm sure the story will be incredible. I, (laughs) there is a part of me and I know I'm going to get hate mail about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's a part of me that watched that trailer and went, we're in a post God of war world now. And Mm. it felt like as much as, as little actual sort of gameplay that you see in these trailers, mostly their mood, mostly their sort of cutscene but as little sense of the game as I got from it, what sense I did get made me think, this might feel a little clunky and old-fashioned just from a pure mechanical angle. You know, it's just because it's the kind of game that's been made for 10, 15, 20 years by this company, and you have something like God of War, which feels like such a refinement and breath of fresh air and you've i don't know is there does any of that resonate for you khalif at all yeah i mean the the hard part about what rockstar does is they will improve upon a specific thing and you some of that stuff you don't even really notice until it all comes together within the full within the full game right yeah so it's like um what was it red dead one the multiplayer stuff, at least in terms of that, I think that's where they started to implement the cover system, right? So you have that right. one particular thing that jumped into it. And then you see GTA with the multiple, multiple angled multi switch between characters kind of, uh, 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 gameplay that you had there. Right. It gives me, it gives me more excitement to 
to see what small things they do in terms of storytelling than it does actually game, actually gameplay mechanic stuff. Cause I feel like God of War did so many things that at this point that you can't really count how many cool things they just added to that new mix, but it was a, definitely a, a new mix of things that brought God of War to where it is now. Yeah. I don't know what that happens. I don't know how that happens in a game like Red Dead unless you do stuff that they've kind of implemented in a game like Watch Dogs 2, mm. which is just as big or, you know, I'm not going to say just as big, which has that same big world feel, but it, that setting might not lend to being able to give you the extra things that you're looking for uh, when it comes to innovation in that space. I don't know if that's if that's going to make that move in that Red Dead game. Yeah. Yeah, I think you bring yeah. up good I, points. Christian, do I you, wanted do you, to. Yeah. Do, do you? Am I crazy? Are you going to tell me I'm crazy here, Christian? Or is there... It, is there any part of this that has the danger of feeling like a throwback, even if it's got a really nice, beautiful new coat of paint? I think there's a danger of that, certainly. But I think your concerns are a little unwarranted. And I think as kind of Khalif outlined, Rockstar hasn't really done that, in my opinion. I don't think any of their games have felt that way yet. So why assume that this one will? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the stuff they added in San Andreas and how how wild and different that was from what they had done in Vice City and GTA 3. And those are basically large and incredible, but expansions based off of uh, a, another game. And then the iterations and the changes they've showed in, in 4 and 5 and what Red Dead brought to the table, they, they brought a lot of new to the table. I think to some extent this speaks more to how God of War connected with you, and I still have not seen credits in that game, so uh, I mean, I'm loving it, but I'm, I have not finished it yet. But I think God of War really connected for you, but I think you could point to other examples too that may be connected to other gamers in a way and that would be their test for what uh, Red Dead 2 brings to the table. Um, you know, Breath of the Wild. Sure. Drastically yeah. changed open world mm-hmm. game. Sure. Forever. Far Cry 5, uh, as Cleef mentioned earlier, the way it already had done this in Far Cry 4 to some extent too, but the way you don't get missions just from cutscenes, they're in the world and you have to go out and experience the world and, and do things and have things organically happen. And then also, um, oh, um, come on. Oh, it came and went. <laughs> there was a third game example. Oh my goodness. Oh, Sea of Thieves. There it is. In terms of what that game gave to, you know, just exploring and their first Red Dead, I think, had that in spades where you're just out in the wilderness and the environment and a lot of the fun was kind of doing nothing. And and that's what Sea of Thieves brings to the table. So now we're in this post Breath of the Wild, Sea of Thieves, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Far Cry, two or <laughs> sure, three yeah, Far yeah. Cries. Um, there's certainly pressure on on Red Dead to deliver, but literally every time. Rockstar has delivered, right? So, yeah, and I expect I expect to love the game. I think it's great. Now, you make you make excellent points there. I I that's kind of my worry is that games have come so far since that first game. Is it enough to just make another one? But we know very little uh, about how this game is actually going to play. And and even if it is, I mean, they were very ahead of the game as far as open world at the time. They kind of created open world with GTA Three in a large sense. Um, so. I, you know, they're certainly capable of it. They have the budget. They've had the time. This game has been in development for, you know, an eon. So uh, I, I expect it to be excellent. I expect to love it. But part of me is like, I just, I want it to feel, I mean, I'm very encouraged by the, um, the, the quest structure stuff that IGN was saying, because mm-hmm. part of my biggest complaint about the way Rockstar games work is that you accept these quests and then you're in this weird walled garden 
where you can fail those quests or if you do something wrong or you let somebody get away or whatever it is, mm. if you fail, you know, and I would love it to feel less like that and more free form and just sort of, I'm in the world and it doesn't, you know, ever sort of put me on rails in this, in this quest that, you know, is pass fail. But two, two, two quick questions for both of you, Jeff, do you feel like, are you, are you, would you have rathered the next rockstar game not be set in this time period and two, how much do you think that BR is going to be in a battle royale mode is going to be in this multiplayer? <laughs> uh, that's a, the, both very interesting questions. I don't have a problem with this time period. I, I find it interesting and I like Westerns and I loved the first Red Dead Redemption. I loved it. I just thought it was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bloated, but other than that, a very excellent game. Um, going to Mexico for like three, for like yeah, hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That part could have been excised and it would have been fine. But um, uh, I know I don't have a problem with that. I just want the game to. I, I, the reason I brought up God of War and Christian's right in to bring up Breath of the Wild and others. Uh, but Breath of the Wild and God of War are both excellent examples of this feeling like, oh my gosh, we are taking something that we know and we're looking at it with really fresh eyes. And I would love mm. Rockstar to do that with their formulas. And I don't know that they'd necessarily do that more that they're like, oh, okay, well, what were the little, <laughs> it's more like a Madden, you know, where instead of a, a yearly <laughs> cycle, it's like every seven years we'll make the shooting a little bit better. And then we'll make, you know, we'll make uh, <laughs> a checkpoints slightly better. It's like, uh, but maybe I'm being unfair. Uh, I, I, I'm sure I am. Uh, mm. As far as Battle Royale, I, I'm, I think it's a given. I think it's going to happen personally, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They just haven't announced it yet. I think Battle Royale in the West, I think that's pretty cool. It sounds pretty it sounds cool. really good. It yeah. would be so good. It Hop like lends itself even better than a lot of other things than uh that 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 particular mode would yeah. be really but fun. How do you parachute in off an out of an airplane? I don't understand. You do it with the horse connected. <laughs> okay, great. Now you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a horse. It's like Operation Dumbo Drop, but it's a horse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you I think you're on a train and you decide which stop you get off. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Christian, what is your story of the week? So there's a new trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. No, um, <laughs> I, I think I saw this and I was next to you when I saw this. Yeah. Ikaruga is coming to Switch. I love this game. It's a uh, treasure made and it came out originally on GameCube or I think it was originally on GameCube. That's where I first played it. I think later had a PlayStation 2. Um, I would bring my GameCube with me on track trips and my track teammates and I would um, try to leaderboard this game. It is a shmup. And the clever thing about it is that your ship is two-sided white and black. And when you, Oh, I might get this wrong. When you are white, you can absorb white bullets. And, and when you're black, you absorb black bullets, but you have to also be the corresponding color to shoot. All the enemies are also either white or black. So you have to be constantly switching your ship in order to absorb, because it's bullet hell, you know, the bullets coming in that you can't dodge, but then switching back to the other color in order to damage the enemy that you're fighting. It is, it is incredible. And, um, the GameCube version also had, uh, portrait mode, whatever that's actually called in arcades. Um, but no, you, who does that with like their CRT TV? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no one did that. But the Switch version is going to have it. And, uh, much like on Zen Pinball, where it's super easy to do, you just take off the Joy-Con, then you can turn the screen vertically. Um, man, this game's coming out at the end of the month. It's like 15 bucks. And if you haven't played it, which I think might be a lot of people, 
It is incredible. Khalif, have you have you Ikaruga'd? Ikaruga? I've never played Ikaruga. I've never played it, but I'm excited for it because I love bullet hells and chumps. So I love those games. I love that style of, of game, but I've never had a chance to play it. So now I'm excited because I can actually finally get into it uh, now that it's coming out on, on Switch. That's going to be fun. Yeah. There's also a rumor, Christian, that it's coming to PS4, uh, which, of course, wouldn't have the vertical unless you want to rotate your television. Like my monitor can, can rotate. Yeah. Um, you want to just like lay on your bed sideways and just look at the your television. <laughs> that's, how, that's how the GameCube version was. Yeah. I, I want this game to come to everywhere. I think if it came out on every system day and date, um, I would pick it for the switch, even though the switch that, you know, I'd probably carry my pro controller with me instead of trying to use the joy cons for it. Mm. But man, this is the type of game, Jeff, that I think we talked about shadow of the Colossus where it's um, timeless. Uh, yeah. Timeless and like what they brought to the table with how that, that, um, color, you know, alternate back and forth has since been done in other games, but it's done so well and treasure. They're a treasure. <laughs> so it, it's, I think it's one of the best. I'm certainly um, not an expert genre. of this genre, but, but my understanding is Ikaruga is like the shmup. It's like the one. Yeah. People might argue like an R type or, R-type, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. everybody has their favorite, but I certainly 42 or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I won't argue with you if you want to say that. Uh, evidently, the Switch version will include all five stages of the game, support local co-op, and will have arcade uh-huh. and prototype modes, uh, and also have the game's three difficulty settings, which is good because it's hard. It's a real hard game. Um, yeah, and also you can high score. I, uh, I finally beat the game back on the GameCube days when we were traveling with it, and I was all proud. And I was like, beat six levels or whatever. And I was like, yes, I beat it. And I was really proud. And then my friend sat down and was like, oh, Cool. Um, I already beat your score, and I'm still on the first level. <laughs> <laughs> and like, well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't beat the game, and they're like, "Well, my name's going to be ahead of yours when I'm done." So, <laughs> it's, it's really well done, and I, I'm loving this $15 price point. Um, you think that's the right price <laughs> for a game this old? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's coming out. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it. May 29th. So real soon. Real soon. Yeah. Uh, it'll be on the Switch eShop. Uh, uh, my story of the week, I mean, clearly Red Dead is the story of the week, but uh, I also was interested to notice that um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 got some new gameplay reveal. So they're doing um, an interesting thing over there uh, at Ubisoft where they're making uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. And uh, they are releasing periodic dev diaries or dev basically live streams where they talk about the progress of the game as it's going there was this um oh gosh what's it called like the monkey monkey club or something like that you can join and sort of you know be part of the game's production no one really expects this game to come out very soon <laughs> nope. I, I i added very soon i think it's the people might stop the sentence right there some people uh, I, <laughs> I hope it comes out at all, but some. But it you know. served its purpose. Ubisoft is free and clear of the Vivendi buyout. Vivendi saw how expensive Beyond Good and Evil Two was going to be to make, and they were like, "Never mind, Ubisoft." <laughs> <laughs> so I have two questions for you, Khalif. First is, uh, what did you think of the new footage? They showed some melee combat, some jetpacking stuff. Uh, the the environments were very much what we saw at last year's E3, so not much new there. But right. some new, some new combaty looking things and progress that they've made. Uh, and then second question is, what do you think about this method of talking about the game as it's being developed, keeping us updated like this over what will likely be a very lengthy process? 
Well, I, hmm. well, let's let's take the second one first. I love open development in this way. I feel like it gives the community whatever that may be for a game that's going to be this far out at least a chance to feel like they are a part of the a part of the development process in some ways. It's not like they're actually, you know, uh, giving folks in the, in the the community the ability to, to make any decisions or kind of weigh in on them yet, but it does give those folks who are really interested in it and who felt who felt like they were worried about what what was going to happen with this game when it fell off the map after E3, the ability to know that the game is still alive <laughs> and that yeah, it's still yeah. it's still being made. Uh, which is the most important part, but it also gives people people a little bit of um insight into I hope what the development process looks like, and to me that's the most important part when you do any <clears throat> open dev docs or videos of this like where you just want people to be able to kind of understand that like game making a game is difficult and it's a long it's a long trudge and you have to make sure that you're paying attention to all the small parts. Um, I, I like that too. I, I enjoy that window into the process and they seem to be very mm-hmm. honest and very passionate group of people making this game. Uh, Michelle Ansel is always a, a very passionate voice in the in the game space. But mm-hmm. Do you think that there is at all a danger of overexposing a game that's so far away from release that by that it, by the time it really does get to a release, we've seen so much and they've talked about it so much and it's changed and we're we're almost sick of this thing? Is that you think that's a possibility? Oh yeah, I mean you've seen it with with Paragon before that before that went away. You well, saw that never came out, Khalif. That was <laughs> don't you don't don't you don't you be smirch Paragon. <laughs> it came out early and then never became access, right? I was in the earliest of access. I was, <laughs> I was there PSX. I was like, I was early access. Um, <laughs> but, but like stuff like that in Star Citizen, you know, like right. all these different games that, you know, I mean, that was a little bit different because it was Kickstarted, but being able to be on the gl- the ground floor when you see all that stuff, yeah, you can definitely have fatigue. We've seen that with so many games that have had trailers that came out and then you're all like, all right, we saw this trailer again. We saw this gameplay yeah. again. Can you just make the game already? Can you bring the game out? And it's, it's difficult when you want to, to grow community and you want to build excitement around a thing. But if you can't like give a decent time frame on like when your thing is going to come out, you're just, setting people up to be really excited and possibly just either bypass it because there's just so many games coming out that are really good now, or, you know, you just lose all that excitement and all that, and all that mind share because things just take a long time to come out. So yeah, I'm excited for the fact that they showed some really cool stuff. I'm happy they showed some more combat. Um, <clears throat> I just don't know how much of that lasts unless you give a date. But the problem is even if you give a date, that makes it worse. Then, <laughs> yeah, because then you know, the like, when they date inevitably changes, everybody's mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody's mad, right? They're like, oh, you made this date, and then you got to push back. Or yeah. if it doesn't hit the date for, like, reasonable reasons, people still don't want to understand that that's a part of the development process. So it's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard road uh, for, for developers to be able to kind of figure that stuff out, what to show early versus what not to show, or putting your game out too early and it's not done. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I hope that people give them some grace if they're really excited for it so that they can make the game they want to make. Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely think there is a risk of showing too many times or too much too often. I don't think 
uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is there yet. I, I think this was kind of a reminder that the game exists because they hadn't shown anything. So I don't think they've entered that territory yet. But I think games where it did become an issue for them, uh, or No Man's Sky served as an example of a game that was shown a whole bunch and talked about a whole bunch and perhaps the developers got themselves in trouble with what they said, not because it wasn't true when they said it, but they said a thing and then it wasn't able to happen. I think some of the stuff, you know, rests on the developer's shoulders as well. And then another game, I think, where we just saw so much of it. And by the time, um, by the time it came out, I think people are going to be like, oh, it's out. I, th- I think is, is Crackdown 3. And I think that may be the fault of a delay for it. But when that game was first shown, people were super excited. And then every time they've shown it since, it feels like people are less and less excited about it. And I feel like whenever that game comes out, people will be like, Oh, I, I thought that was out already. I think that game's got to look real <laughs> different next time. I, I think yep. I think next time we see it, it's got to be real different, or else it's going to definitely fall prey to that that problem. Or, um, a lot of Ubisoft games, though, I think, suffer from that, right? Like, when when did the how many divisions did we see? And like, what's the joke you had? Like, they show it at one e three and then announce it at the next, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's the problem. And even this Beyond Good and Evil 2, which is a game I'm rooting for and very excited for, and if they can achieve all of the things that they're describing wanting to achieve with it, it's going to be something very special. But even that, it's like what what they showed this time was like, well, we mo-capped this really awesome chick doing a cool staff fight. And they show that mocap <laughs> chick doing that fight like four times. And they place her, they place the, the character model of that mo-capped information doing that cool fight thing on stuff that we already saw last time. It's like, Ooh, there's not much has happened since the last time we came through here, (laughs) but you know, that, that betrays a lot of how games are, are made, which is, you know, you don't necessarily have a lot to show for things, but a lot has been done. Uh, so I, I'm always in the camp of under promise over deliver. And part Mm. of under promising is like, just stop talking. <laughs> stop talking. Because inevitably. That's our show. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed our yeah. <laughs> Because if you're talking, you're likely promising. And then you're not under promising. So, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I mean, I've said it many, many times in the show at this point, but I'm a big, big fan of how Bethesda seems to have decided to do things, which is, hey, we talk about a thing right before it's ready to be released. And then they have this mm. really concentrated PR push. But, you know, Fallout 4 is a great example. It was like, hey, we're, you know, a lot of people thought we were making Fallout 4. We didn't talk about it. But then when we did, it was like four months until it was coming out, you know, and, and that's awesome. I mean, that, that is, then you get four months to really concentrate and put up the information, but it's all based on knowledge that you have of how the game is actually going to be. And I, I just, I just think that's a better way of doing things. As much as I, I like, as you said, Khalif, the, the view behind the curtain and to see how, the ups and downs of game development go. I don't know. And a, and a lot of people will disagree with me based purely on the um, star citizen example. You know, I think they're, they have this wonderful community of people that really love that roller coaster ride of, of finding out what's next. And so maybe I'm just not tapped into a game like that, but I, I really believe in the, you know, less is more and then surprise me with a big reveal right before the game is going to come out. Those folks are, but those folks were financially invested too. Right. You know, they were right. like, Oh, I put in my money early. So you better show me stuff early because <laughs> I put my money down. Yeah. Okay. No so it's like, you know, stuff like Beyond Good and Evil, 
I think the sentiment is there because of nostalgia and they have this like, we can make this look bigger, pretty, prettier and, and, and nicer. Um, but until they start talking about gameplay systems and showing how things actually work in the game, as opposed to the kind of big grand overview, I think it's still going to be stagnant in terms of excitement for it and people trying to get behind it yet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the games we have been playing, but first I want to thank our sponsor, uh, you're going to hear me talk a lot about sleep because I, I just had a, my second baby. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, that means um, that sleep has been stolen from me in a very yay. big way. <laughs> That's not so much a yay. <laughs> That's a less of a yay for us, quite frankly. Um, but the little sleep that I do get is so much more important, <laughs> so much more precious. And that's why I, I'm so grateful that I have my Brooklyn in sheets because this is a bedding that improves the quality of my sleep. It, it makes me happy to crawl into bed, crawl into my bed because I've got these very luxurious Brooklyn in sheets. My wife picked them out. I, I must be honest. Uh, she has better taste than I. I always say I'm the beneficiary of my wife's good taste. Uh, but thank goodness that she did. These are stylish. They look really cool. We got a uh, duvet cover. We got sheets. Uh, Christian, you got Brooklyn and sheets as well, right? Literally just made re- out of the wash, out of the dryer, made the bed before coming into the office to do the show. And it's like, oh. I know I'm going to be in about two hours. There is nothing, <laughs> there's nothing better than a freshly made bed crisp Brooklyn and sheets slide between them and you just like melt into your bed. Oh, it's great. Uh, this is a really cool company. Honestly, they, they, uh, the high quality sheets and they don't mark them up because they don't have to, because it's all handled over the internet. They have been named the winner of best online bedding category by good housekeeping. They have all kinds of colors and patterns and you can mix and match to complement any decor, not my area of expertise, but like I said, my wife found some really stylish ones. We have these like gray and white stripe that looks really sharp in our uh, bedroom. And it's luxury bedding. It's underpriced, but it's luxury bedding. It really does feel nice. I love them. And we're going to give you $20 off. This is a, an exclusive off- offer just for DLC listeners. $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code DLC at brooklinen.com. And Brooklinen is so confident that you're going to love these sheets, that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. So not only do you have a 60-night satisfaction guarantee, you have a lifetime warranty. That's pretty awesome. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code DLC at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code DLC, brooklinen. Use the best sheets ever. Somebody's popping open a, a drink. I love that. Um, That's my spin drift. That was my, I'm waiting for just the right moment. Just, uh, it's Miller time, evidently, uh, in the Spicer household. Uh, Khalif, uh, time to talk about what's on your playlist, man. What you been playing? Oh, man. Popping bottles. Um, so, uh, so I've been playing a bunch of stuff. I, I finished God of War last week. Um, I will not talk about any of those things because Christian has not finished it, but it is definitely in my game of the year list already. Oh, uh, great. Ha- Thanks for the spoilers. I mean, it has like the best LR, like left one, right one button control mapping of all games. <laughs> 
of all games that I've played. In That's like your number one, your number one compliment for the game is like when, yeah, when you click in the sticks. My God, <laughs> it just it just it just ramps up everything. But they've they've knocked it out of the park. It, yeah. They just do everything well in that game, and it, it feels like you know when you talk about innovation, you talk about full full thoughts of when a game is finished and you have like a, a, an idea that you wanted to come to fruition. It just makes me really happy to see Cory Barlog, like get this win mm-hmm. for him. Cause he's such a nice dude. Yeah. Uh, and like that whole team, that, that whole squad to like get a, get a win. Um, <clears throat> it, it just is really nice to be able to dig into that game <clears throat> and go back into it. Once you're, once you finished it, which is a thing that I don't do often is once I've finished a, a pretty, pretty long single player game, I hardly ever go back to it. It's usually is just done and I'm finished with it, but yeah. this has so much more stuff to be able to do. And it feels like it's all comprehensive. It makes you really excited to jump back into it. It's challenging. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's definitely a fantastic game and everyone should be playing that at some point. Yeah, do we, do, we, do we think that there's going to be, are you hoping that there's going to be more content for this game? Or you, uh, you want, uh, DLC packs and, uh, new worlds to visit and things to do? I mean, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, I feel like that's, yeah. just, that's gotta be announced soon, right? I'm hoping so because there, there are things that are just left on the table that, that you know would fit really well in terms of more, more ways to play that game. And it, and, just, just the, just the things that I feel like they just didn't do that makes you feel like, okay, well, I have all this gear. I have all these ways to get more gear. Like, I want more gear now. I would have never thought that I'd be talking about gear in a God of right. War game that I care about. Yeah. Um, and, it's so and, pretty, and, the gear. It makes you want to get the full sets of stuff because you're like, it just looks awesome. It's that's what I'm doing right now. I'm grinding for for stuff so I can get full sets of gear, yeah. which is the thing I never thought I would talk about in a God of War game. Um, the the other things that I'm really excited for, and I'm waiting for them to hurry up because they keep putting out these daggone patches, and I'm like, what is these patches? It's not photo mode. Oh, it's another patch. It's not photo mode. Can I have my photo? Mode, oh, that's please? right. You love photo mode. I remember that. I yeah. love photo mode. I'm waiting for them to do that because that will be that will be my next playthrough. Is when photo mode comes back out. Or when it's when it comes out, I will go through that game and take nothing but the best shots, pictures on the planet. Shots of your boy, shots of my boy, <laughs> boy. I'm, I'm like I've been practicing my my Kratos boy smile, uh, like, boy. I know. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, Stop fidgeting, boy. I'm taking a photo. It's just like it's like every nightmare from going to like Rye Playland when I was when I was a young child. I was like, Can you stop? I don't want to smile right now. I want to. I want Atreus to have the camera and to be like, Dad, let's take a picture. No, no. Press, well, come on. press square for photo mode. We're on our and journey. He's like, he's like leaping up into the into the air, and he shoot you know these awesome shots down at you as you're smacking some cool beast. That'd be right. Oh, that's so good! Like him <laughs> hanging out, not shooting arrows, just hanging out, <laughs> yeah. and taking pictures. Yeah. Um, but like that, that game is, is again like I feel like they've done so many things well with that. So I've I've been playing through that and finishing it. Waiting for photo mode so I can get back in. Um, and then another thing that I've been playing is being Korg Gadget for the Switch. Korg so, Gadget. I don't know. So, that. so I, I love making music on, on mobile devices. Um, I usually do most of that stuff on my, on my phone. Um, I'm just starting to do some of that stuff on my iPad. Um, but they have this, this synthesizer, basically the synthesizer pack from Korg, which is a well known, um, um, company in the, in the world of music. Um, and it's basically like a full suite of tools that you'll be able to make actual music with. Hmm. Um, and it's really cool. It's really fun. It's expensive, 
but it's really fun because it's, it's real instruments, hmm. real cork equipment, and they put it into digital form and you can like hook that stuff up, put your headphones on and, and wow. make really fun stuff. The Is only like professional issue, quality. Yeah. Like it's like real synthesizers. Wow. <clears throat> you can, you can change all the parameters on them. You can mess around with the sound bank. Can I you turn can my, uh, can I turn my cardboard piano into a, an awesome Korg synthesizer? It's weird. It's weird. I don't have any Labo stuff. So I know that the piano is like a huge deal. And I've seen some, some fantastic videos of people who have made like really dope music, uh, with, with the Labo stuff. I wish that there was some connectivity between the Labo stuff and any of the, the, uh, the, the cork stuff because it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like, imagine the Labo stuff is basically like a MIDI controller for all the, oh, all the cool cork stuff that you can so do. In there. Rad. It's dope. It's so dope. The one thing that they haven't figured out, at least from what I can tell, because I'm still messing around with the UI and everything else is I don't see good ways to export the actual things that you, that you've made. Mm. So it's basically like your, your, your child rolling up to you and is like, Hey, listen to my phone. Yeah, right. right. Can you listen to my phone? I made a beat. Uh, so unless they, they need to figure out a way to to export some of that stuff out. Um, it's, like I said, it was fairly expensive. It was like 48 bucks to Hmm. get the whole suite. Um, which is good because on the iOS platforms, you have to get them piecemeal. Hmm. Um, this, they just give you all the things at once, which is great. Um, but they have to figure out ways to, to connect that to, to, to other instruments and to, um, getting it out into other formats so that you can use it and even build upon the stuff that you've already built. So I think it's fun. It's funky. If you like to make music, it's definitely worth it. So again, this is called Korg Gadget and explain to me a little bit about how how you do it. I mean, is it using the touch screen on the switch or are you using, you sadly, know, your... no, no. Okay. Sadly, you, sadly you can't use the touch screen. I wish that they would have implemented that too. I hope they put that in a, in a, in an upcoming patch. It's mostly if you're using the joy cons, you're, you're sliding things. And if you're familiar with, for anybody who is familiar with making music digitally, they have these things called step sequencers. So basically you'll have your pattern, uh, whichever beats that you want it to, to, to make up. And then within that, you'll have basically like blocks and those blocks, you basically paint, you paint notes within those, within that sequence. And when you paint those notes within that sequence, when you start it, it'll play through from left to right mm-hmm. going over each note. And then you can build upon that with different stages. You can build upon that with different instruments so that you make up a, a bigger uh, ensemble of music and an ensemble of sound uh, throughout the time that you're doing it. And it's, it's funny. It's like, if you, I mean, fun, it's like, if you've, Use a, a a tool like Fruity Loops back in the day, or uh, Ableton has some of that stuff now, um, <clears throat> and it's it's a lot of fun, especially if you're trying to figure out and learn, um, you know, what each instrument does and 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 how to make how to make small little pieces of music. Uh, it's really cool. Check out some YouTube videos too, because they have some folks who have been using it uh, for a while now, and they've they've made some really dope so, dope music too. So that's awesome. I I you know when I was young, um, this is going to date me hardcore, but uh, trackers on the Amiga were like a big, big thing. And I got really into the, the Amiga mod community. Uh, mm-hmm. you say mod now and people think of modding games, but back then it was an MOD mod file. And these were these music files <laughs> that you made on the Amiga with, with trackers. And, uh, I didn't have an Amiga. I, I wanted one real bad, but I had a PC and I could mess around with them a little bit on PC. There were uh, programs to do that. And it was this incredible gift of somebody who had no musical, training or, or knowledge. I, you know, I didn't know how to read music. I, you know, I Mm. taught myself how to play guitar, but I, I barely know any of that stuff, but it was more like math. It was more like putting together a, a structure 
And it sounds mm. like that's kind of what you're talking about as well, is you don't necessarily have to have knowledge of how to read music or, or musical yeah. theory. You can sort of just piece things together and create something that sounds cool. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the beauty of of where digital music has has gotten. It's it feels like now there is no real barrier to entry. It's just things that sound good. And if you like, you know, sound good to you, you know, cause you know, some things that sound good to other people don't sound good to, to me and vice versa, but it's great that it has lowered the barrier to entry in a way that kind of gives people the ability to be creative in a way that they probably didn't know that they could before. And right. that's fantastic. I love I mean, stuff like that. Do you have your switch near you? Cause Jeff and I can vamp for a little bit. If you can play some of these beats that, uh, you know, into your mic. I mean, I feel like this is just like a tease so far, Khalif. Like, what, what, what are we talking here? <laughs> my God, if I'd, I'd have to run and go get my switch from the other room because it's charging. But no, you don't know. okay, well, uh, next week I expect all new bumpers for our show. <laughs> the problem is I won't be able to export, it, so I have, to, I have to play it into a microphone for you to actually. Get. That is a that is a big issue. That does seem like a it's big problem. Weird. Yeah. It's a very weird thing. I don't know why you would make a thing that you can't export the music from. I mean, how hard without. is it to just let you like email it to yourself or something, you know? I don't know. I don't know. They should have just a push to MP3 button and, right. and make it happen, but yeah. it, but you know. That's that's a that's a very Nintendo Switch thing. I feel like they do that kind of stuff and then yeah. they're like, "Oh yeah, you want to use this on something else." Oh yeah. Right. The biggest feature that you think would be a no-brainer, we didn't think of. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, awesome. Again, that's Korg Gadget. It's for Switch. Uh, really cool. I hadn't even heard about that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Christian, how about you? What's on your playlist? Well, I dove back into Pinball FX 3 because they released a patch for it. There was a case of will they, won't they, or it was yes, they will, no, we can't. Hey, we did, where the game first launched on Switch with uh, not running in 60 frames per second and handheld mode sub 1080p when docked and i talked about on this show how i really i mean i i talk about zen pinball or pinball fx a lot um i i really enjoy man those last jedi tables are great i really enjoy the game it's a great pick up and play game and i thought the switch version could have been my ideal version of the game because i bring my switch with me everywhere but has more precise controls than just doing a touch screen um blah 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 but i'll kind of let down by the lack of 60 frames which every other iteration of the game at least that i've played has it and they said they were going to update them. And then they said they can't because it was too complicated to do every table. And then they did. Uh, this past week, they updated the game. So now it's 60 frames per second in handheld mode and 1080p when docked. And I haven't frame counted it myself, um, nor will I ever. <laughs> but I can tell you that playing it in handheld mode, um, this is an exaggeration, but it feels like a new game. I mean, the, the difference is stunning in terms of just how the ball moves and feels and how, how it darts across the tables. And so if maybe you checked it out before you did the free table and you're kind of left a little disappointed by it, I'd recommend downloading the patch and checking it out again and see if, see if you like it now because, uh, I love that game and it's nice to see the Switch version get that patch and get that support because I think it is maybe the defin- my personal definitive version of that game because I can take it with me and play it on my TV if I want. And those Last Jedi tables are great. So are the Jurassic Park ones. Those are ones my kids love. They love the Jurassic Park tables. Um, so it's great. And it's great to see that updated. God of War, we've talked about. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is Fortnite Season 4. Uh, Khalif, have you Season 4 I have seasoned most of the four. Uh, I have not finished the four, but I'm in that season. Yep. Man, I uh, a couple of things about this. And I don't – Jeff, stop me if we talked about this last week. I don't think Stop. We did. No, I'm just <laughs> 
<laughs> I think maybe we talked about it in person. I get confused sometimes. Yeah, um, we see each other too much now. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, your wife should be home soon. Her and the kids are just leaving. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think what this game is doing is so smart and so – I don't know if it's ahead of its time, but the way – that they just started dropping meteors into the skybox in season three. And we talk about how you tease an event or a release, you know, in the buildup or how you do, th- they just started doing it. There was no <laughs> meteors in the sky. There was no like weather person that came out and was like, Oh, what's that above the tw- dusty towers? We say, yeah. You know, like didn't it call people's attention to it? Players just started to notice it. Then there were more Then there was speculation. They'd already had a large community, but it got people talking about it. And then they started to tease you know, that's what have some effect on the game and some, and make an impact <laughs> pun. Um, <laughs> and then it did season four started with a trailer for a multiplayer game. Like what it, mm-hmm. what Fortnite and Overwatch have done in terms of bringing story, Fortnite battle Royale specifically. Um, and what Overwatch have done to bring story to just multiplayer games, I think is so well done. And now Fortnite, Instead of introducing another map the way PUBG has and is it continuing to do, they just remade their existing map and they did it in canon, right? Like right. didn't just like oh we updated the map. We realized people don't like towers or people don't like this or that, so we're changing. It was like we dropped meteors <laughs> and we we changed the map. <laughs> there are new buildings that you can still go in and destruct. There's new energy types that you can consume to have zero gravity in this area, and it's because of this thing and it that ties into the skins that are there and it. And, they're telling a story in this battle royale game that is so smart. And then the way they've iterated on their progression over the course of a season where it's 10 bucks to buy into a season and you get, and you can see, you can see the whole progression. You can see the unlocks of skins and emotes and whatever you get along the way. And you don't have to buy in up front. Like if I wait until the end and realize I've done all these achievements, <clears> I can <throat> then buy and get all that stuff retroactively or you can buy in and you start getting, you, you know, you see the list and the check marks a little easier about what to do. And the way that they have people invested and have added that, you know, what Diablo 1 or 2 did so well back in the day, or wow, we're giving you something to do every time you play the game. Even if you're not getting the victory royale, you feel like you're coming away with something is so well done. And Cleef, I'm glad you've played a lot of season four because I feel like this is their best progression, right? Like the way yeah. they've doled things out over the course of it. Yeah. I, I mean, it feels like the folks at Epic have figured out that special sauce that makes you want to pick up a controller every day and check in. Even if you don't play, you check in, right? It's like, oh, you know, I mean, if you care about skins and things like that, that's one that's one layer of it, which they have gotten me with so much of my money at this point, it's unreasonable. But... <laughs> Just checking in to make sure that, you know, when I'm playing, I'm feeling like I need to stay above the minimum level of of garbage in terms of how bad I play. So it's like you go in, you're like, all right, I need to do this. I have so many challenges that I can get done in a day. Let me see if I can get some of those knocked out. Let me see if I can boost my 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 uh my battle pack up a little bit before I go to bed. It's like all these really small things that they've decided that they wanted to implement that it feels like they just don't miss when they put something out, which is so rare these days. Like even folks who have complained about small parts of the progression system 
from season three to season four, they changed a lot of stuff and listened to the community and took some stuff out that people didn't necessarily want. And they've moved those things over to other, to other um, avenues that seem really smart. Like they've moved things that um, uh, people didn't like, like uh, the crossbow, the crossbow got taken out, right? Like hardly anybody was using it. So they took it out. They replaced that with, other weapons that are even more fun, the sprays that they put into the game, things that you wouldn't have expected them to put in, but they totally are a thing that people care about and they're excited to, excited to get when they play the game. So it feels like <clears throat> with what they've done, both in terms of the, the, the skins that they put into the game, the, the, the gliders, all those really small parts of that game that sometimes don't even deal with the actual, like, minutia of of the actual game playing itself which is so interesting to me it's such a really fun uh, uh experience that they put together and i i don't see anybody else doing anything like this or at least other folks in that br space catching up anytime soon yeah and the fact that all of it none of it sorry affects gameplay it's all cosmetic but it's also smartly done cosmetic and then just the fun um, or the, the OCD, the compulsion that I have, <laughs> the fun of checking things off on a list. It's rewarding mm-hmm. to go in and, you know, only one person can win each game, but it's, I'm like, Oh, I found that ice cream truck or whatever it is. And kind of like getting an achievement pop up, uh, when you're playing on Xbox or a trophy on PlayStation, like ultimately it doesn't air quote <laughs> mean anything, but it's still yeah. nice to get. And I think Epic and, uh, Fortnite has copied that or, or done their version of that in a really cool way where it's like, yeah, I didn't win, but oh, cool. I did. I got these things. And then you mentioned getting rid of the crossbow. What I think was incredible too, and it is, I guess, halfway through season three, and it's, you're seeing them continue to iterate on it, mm-hmm. is they didn't change the strength of these two weapons at all, Jeff, but they found that everybody was picking up, um, I'm going to get the name wrong. Is it the auto shotgun, mm-hmm. um, over the standard shotgun? Because the auto shotgun had was the color of a more rare weapon over the other one, so you would get it, and you just think, "Oh, this is the rare, rare right. weapon. I'm going to dump the garbage." But actually, yeah. that other shotgun was more powerful. It's a little slower, um, so they kind of had it listed one way. And all they did is change the color of the items, and they found that more people were now using that regular shotgun and were getting way more kills with it hmm. than ever before. And they didn't change anything about the item but it was just this perception of sure. oh this is trash of course i got beat i had this crappy shotgun and they had yeah. they had the rare auto i'm gonna get that and, purple i'm gonna use that purple i don't care if it's a you know, you know <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna use that purple i got time to compare stats people are shooting at me right so the social engineering or that aspect of how they're continuing to tweak the game it's uh it's real good they're doing a they're doing a real good job over there and um they have all the money, so I think they'll continue to do a pretty good. It's job. an extraordinary <laughs> thing that we 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 sat through. I mean, <laughs> are you Christian? Are you completely converted from PUBG at this point? So I I think I said this on my stream last week is where I said it. I, I prefer the moment to moment gameplay of PUBG. I like that boredom tension. Uh, Fortnite is. For me, you're constant. I'm constantly moving. You're either building, breaking, shooting, running. Whereas PUBG, and they've changed it some in some of their maps. They they shifted a little bit with the circle speed. But PUBG is a slower, more methodical game, and I enjoy that sweaty palm moment more so than in Fortnite. I rarely have the sweaty palm moment because it's just faster and I die faster. But I find myself playing Fortnite more than PUBG. And I think partly because the mobile version is so well done. 
and the progression carries over to the console. Like I can literally play it anywhere from at my office and I'm like, oh, Jeff's not online yet for DLC. I can get a game in <laughs> and I'll sit and play it on my computer. Yeah. I'm in the living room and the kids are there. Um, I've played, I'm comfortable playing uh, Fortnite. It's a shooter, but I'm comfortable playing that in front of my, my five and a half year old parents judge me. And then if I'm at work and uh, <laughs> I have my iPad with me, I'll play there. And it, that uh, the trailer that it is for the Unreal 4 engine, I think, is what gets me playing it. And also, I think, like Khalif said, there are times I rarely play on my phone because I have an iPhone SE. I can, but I rarely do. But I do find myself going like, oh, the skins are updated today. And I'll just open up the game to look at, yeah. you know, look at what they're selling and far too often buy what they're selling. <laughs> what's, what's your story of this journey, Khalif? I, I'm not familiar. Did, were you a PUBG player first or did Fortnite bring you uh, By the way, I love the fact that people call it Fork Knife and I kind of want to do that all the time, <laughs> Fork Knife. It's hilarious. But you know that you know that, that anecdote, right? Yeah, the mom at the store. Yeah. So that's what yeah. makes it so wonderful. She's asking about Fork Knife. Brilliant. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, do, 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 tell me about that because i'm not familiar with your journey into brs in general well it's interesting because i i'm i'm primarily a console player so having moved away from paragon when it was up to the next thing that they were pushing out because they were kind of doing it you know one was one was ending and the other one was kind of ramping itself up and i played a lot of the save the world uh parts of fortnite before the br uh ever came out <clears throat> and then Playing that on console, I was like, okay, let me dig into that uh, for a while. And then I came to PUBG afterward um, because I'm not really uh, attuned with playing with a mouse and keyboard. I still play on PC with a with a controller, even when I'm playing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get hate mail for that. but You won't get hate mail. It just means I'll actually be able to kill you. <laughs> I don't mind that surprised. at all. <laughs> it's so funny. I play better on PC with a controller than I do with PC on my PS4. Hmm. It's really weird. It's super, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's just because it's closer uh, and I can see people better. Um, but it's one of those things where I played PUBG uh, and was starting to get into it. But the muscle memory, once you stop playing it, of learning mouse and keyboard plus playing something that is so high impact and intense, it just like it, it, it's too it's too stressful. Hmm. It's way too stressful for me to like do it. I can do it, and I've gotten some good games in. I've gotten a couple of chicken dinners right. uh, with some folks, uh, but it doesn't have that same kind of light and airiness that I like uh, because it feels too intense. Because you have those like sit and wait and camp it out for for a very long time and wait for people to try to run into the spaces where you can shoot them. This hmm. I like. I can just run into it. If I die, I die. I don't feel bad once I've done it. I feel more frustrated that I didn't do well because it was my fault, right? As opposed to as opposed to getting killed by somebody I didn't know where they were shooting me from. Cool. It's it's just been fascinating to me to see. I mean, I, I completely got it wrong as far as <laughs> I thought PUBG was safe from from any usurpers and. Uh, I had I had no idea that this was this landscape was going to shift so so drastically, but I, I think PUBG is still doing fine, obviously. But um, yeah. man, what a what an interesting couple of years of of this genre just exploding and 
this we you know i mean fortnite is the facebook to PUBG's myspace right in a lot of ways um, it talks think, a lot about style right yeah for sure it's a yeah. lot to style it's like style styles wins fights right <laughs> right yeah and it feels like the style won the fight on this one so far yeah i think it's free and console also like it's well made sure. is, is, yeah. is one but free and everybody's like oh PUBG's great i want to play that i can't well i heard this fortnite game is pretty good you know like yeah. when that everybody's talking about battle royales and that was the one that most people could play and it's, mm-hmm. it's still amazing how not optimized PUBG is on console yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, the difference between a very well-oiled company, even though this game had a rocky road to release Fortnite, I mean, uh, it's a difference between a very, you know, well-funded, well-run, big AAA developer that's shipped AAA games a lot. And, you mm. know, uh, the plucky upstarts that, you know, kind of stumbled onto massive global success and are kind of slow to iterate in, in comparison. You know, I think a lot of it is explained that way too. But it's interesting. Yeah. Um, my, Playlist is a, a little bare this way. I'm going to talk uh, about a VR game because that's basically what I've been playing most, and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, but um, I'm still playing some um, Frostpunk, which is really good. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I think, or last week. I can't remember. Um, but it is, it's really good. It's very depressing, but it's really, really good. Um, but I've been trying in this little lull period post-God of War. We don't have gigantic releases looming. We're kind of leading into E3. In this month or so that we have, I'm trying to, as much as what I should be doing is like clear my backlog and finish out some games that I never finished, um, what I'm actually doing is trying to uh, play some smaller games like last week I talked about For the King. Um, some smaller games that you not necessarily hear not hear about uh, a lot of places. And so i love people to suggest some. Uh, if you want to Email us uh, for any reason. TLCfeedback at gmail.com is the email. But I'd love specifically if you guys have cool uh, smaller games that uh, you'd like to see the spotlight shown on a little bit. Um, I'm open to that. So uh, I look forward to getting those emails. But um, I do have a VR game to talk about, uh, which I'm very excited to tell you guys about. But first, I need to talk a little bit more about sleep. <laughs> sleep, <laughs> that's where I'm a Viking, uh, in the words of uh, Ralph Wiggum's uh, son. Um, but let me talk to you about the thing you're sleeping on, which is your mattress. I, as I've said a couple of times on the show before, am a stupid person who didn't realize how important the mattress is to the sleeping experience. It seems obvious, but I figured a mattress is a mattress is a mattress. I had the same mattress for years and years and years, uh, really too long. You need to you need to get a new mattress, you know, once a decade. And uh, I had the same mattress through college and I brought it with me when I moved into, down to LA and I, I started having aches and pains and I couldn't figure out what the heck it was until I realized, oh my God, this mattress is far beyond its useful days. <laughs> it needed to be replaced. And luckily there's something like Casper that makes replacing a mattress pain free because in the olden days you would have to go to a big box store you know, those those mattress superstores that uh, are are really not fun to go into. If you've ever been into one, it's not pleasant. You go in, there's a sales team that assaults you. <laughs> they're friendly enough, but man, they're asking you what you need, what kind of mattress. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I just want to lay down on a couple of mattresses. They're looming over me. I have to make my decision in a few minutes. That's not. It's not how you want to buy a mattress. The way but you at want least to... they're not they're not expensive when you do it that way though. Oh, they are. They're way more expensive <laughs> than Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. 
And here's the cool thing about Casper is it's all online. So they cut out the overhead. They cut out the superstore. They cut out the pushy salespeople. What they give you is a mattress that is really nice, really feels good. Uh, it has uh, multiple supportive memory phones for a quality sleep surface with right the right amount of both sink and bounce. You want the right amount of both sink and bounce. Um just like, uh, just like Khalif was talking about with twerking. You want the right amount of sink and bounce. Um, <laughs> the previous conversation that was off mic. Anyway, um, <laughs> they, uh, these are, these are, these are high quality mattresses and they give them to you, deliver right to your door. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just get online. You do it easy. And then you have a hundred nights to make up your mind, a hundred nights to sleep on the mattress risk free. Decide whether it's the right mattress for you. Decide if you like it. Send it back if you don't. They'll pick it up free of charge. It's great. And with over 20,000 reviews with an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Uh, they've got the the selection you want. They've got different mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. They've got convenience. Convenience is the biggest thing for me. That's what I want. I want quality, but I want it convenient, shipped right to my door. That's what I loved about it. Opening up the mattress is great. It unfurls. It's so easy. It's so simple. And guess what? We are going to give you $50 off, $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash G, uh, G. I don't know the name of my own show. Casper.com slash DLC and uh, use the promo code DLC at checkout. Now, terms and conditions apply, so check it out. But $50 off select mattresses, casper.com slash DLC and the promo code DLC. We had Star Wars Day this week, uh, May 4th. Of course, May the 4th be with you has become Star Wars Day. And I think themed around that, a new uh, VR experience called Beat Saber was released. And I've had my eye on it for a while. Very excited. Uh, Beat Saber is a music rhythm game akin to something like DDR or Rock Band or Guitar Hero. But in Beat Saber, you literally have a lightsaber in each hand and you are slicing the notes as they come flying at you down the track. Uh, you are slicing them in twain uh, with lightsabers. And of course, that's all I needed to know to, to get this game. And uh, that's just the beginning. Uh, first of all, this game is ridiculously fun. Ridiculously fun. I think you could probably intuit that just by hearing me describe the fact that you have lightsabers in your hands, music is playing, EDM cranking at you, notes are coming down the track like they would in Guitar Hero or Rock Band, and you are slicing them with your lightsabers. Each lightsaber. What's that? What are you playing on? I'm playing on Oculus. It is available now. I think it's still in early access. I think that's the case. Uh, it's it's available on Steam. It's also available on the Oculus Store. Uh, I think it has been delayed for PlayStation VR, but it is also coming to that platform, I believe. Um, and you play it with the motion controllers, of course. You have uh, two different colored lightsabers. The aesthetic of this game, very Tron-like. It's very uh, neon uh, very cool looking. Everything looks like it's made out of lightsaber juice or whatever. You know, it's very Tron. Um, 
but you have uh, a different, two different colored lightsabers. And so different colored notes are coming at you. You have to use the colored lightsaber that corresponds to the note. And then the note also has an arrow printed on it. So it's this sort of block that's, that's coming at you down the track and it has an arrow up, down, left, right, diagonal. Uh, and you have to slice in the direction of the arrow with your lightsaber. Oh, okay. Right. So, and then there are other things that they layer on top of that too. Sometimes there are just um, sort of barriers that come at you and those don't do anything to your lightsabers, but you have to move your head out of the way in order to not hit the barrier in order to not lose points or lose your combo. So it makes you move around in really interesting ways, duck down. Sometimes the barrier goes careening over your head and you have to duck down. And meanwhile, you're slicing with your lightsaber underneath the barrier. Uh, and then there are also like bombs that come down and you, you are not allowed to smack the bombs. You smack the bombs. That's a penalty. So that's, that's, that's the game, right? Um, but, but the most brilliant thing they do uh, with beat saber is you're slicing in the right directions. You're doing the cool things. There's different difficulty levels, of course, you know, just like a guitar hero or a rock band. The mere act, the mere experience of just slicing and dicing is really fun. It's actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll relate it to you guys this way. I think you could probably imagine how cool that that is, but I'll relate it to you this way. I have no idea how to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> but every time a kick-ass song comes on the radio that has a cool drum beat, like, you know, Phil Collins or something. I'll mime out some drum beats. I have no idea if that's accurate, if that's how you play that thing, but if I can feel it. Yeah. Right. Everybody does that with their hands. They like do the cool, like Japanese taiko drum thing. It's not how you actually would play that. You don't know where the, kit is in the air you know you have no idea how what your feet are doing your feet are not doing anything when you mime out those drums that's not how an actual drummer would drum when you play rock band in drum mode you kind of have to know how to play the drums i mean there's easy of course but and it, and there's a fun to that i always enjoyed playing drums on rock band but it in, involved this huge kit that you had to assemble and you have to mm. actually like use a drum the way you would normally use a drum you're not doing the cool fantasy of just smacking stuff and making it sound cool <laughs> but that's what beat saber is beat saber is the like yeah i'm rocking out with my like drum almost like drums but you said you're slicing the notes in half and which erupt in a cascade of sparks but the brilliant thing they do the brilliant thing that is not immediately obvious when you start playing the game is you Get these combos, you're doing the correct motions, you're doing all, it's really fun, it's really satisfying, and you're getting points, but you get more points the harder you slash something. So it's tracking the velocity at which you hit the notes, and you get more (laughs) points the harder you lightsaber something in twain. So you are incentivized to go friggin' nuts, to like <laughs> get into it and smack and slash. And there are a lot of, uh, or not a lot, there are several excellent uh, rhythm games in VR right now. I talked right when VR first came out, one of the very first games that I recommended to everybody was a game called Audio Shield, 
which is sort of like uh, if this is a, you know a Jedi rhythm game, that would be like a Captain America rhythm game where you have shields on your hands and you're blocking notes coming at you. Very fun. This, this is a Jedi. And that other one was a Captain America. It's right. different, legally speaking. Yeah, not uh, not <laughs> stepping on any IP. Right? Yes, I, I agree. Um, but uh, um, where was I going with that? So you're blocking you're blocking the notes as they come at you, uh, which is which is really fun. But um, gosh, where was I going with that? Sorry uh, about how you do it hard. So you're being aggressive. You're acting in the world instead of reacting to things. Oh, oh, oh! I know where I was going. Um, so with Audio Shield, uh, for example, there are a number of songs, and then one of the biggest imp- uh, updates to Audio Shield was that they made it so you could literally use any song on YouTube, and it would procedurally generate a track for that. So you could play any song you wanted. You could just search YouTube, and it would create the notes that came at you. And that's pretty cool because you get to listen to the songs you like instead of the songs that are in the game. But what I really love about Beat Saber is there are specifically crafted movements to these songs, and they are really, really well done. You end up doing such awesome movements, and there's there's only 10 songs currently in Beat Saber, which if there's any criticism I have, it's that it needs more songs, right? 10 songs gets, you get through them pretty, pretty quick, but these 10 songs are all, they all feel very different from one another. I mean, they're all EDM. So like musically, they're not all that different from one another, but the way the things you have to do to clear them feel very differently from one another and they all feel really cool. So like, it'll, it'll know that you'll have to do this big slash across your body to do a a note. And then you'll come back and do it in a different direction. And one arm will be doing one cool thing and the other arm will be doing another cool thing. And it, it just creates a very satisfying, I'm going to say it dance routine that you are doing (laughs) in your house. And I am telling you, you guys, I have played this game every day since it came out. And at this point, what I do it's going to be a little TMI, but what I do is I put on my board shorts, basically a bathing suit and nothing else. And I stand in the center of my room and I do my Beat Saber workout. I go through all 10 songs on hard and I, by the end, I am soaking wet. I have like, there's a puddle of sweat in my room <laughs> and I have felt like I have done this incredible workout and it is so fun and so satisfying and not easy. It's challenging. The songs are crazy fun. And, and there's an expert level, um, uh, difficulty level that I'm now just sort of trying to get, it gets crazy, but I feel like this is the future of, of workouts. You know, w- once, um, the, the headsets and the, the, all of the technological stuff gets a little less cumbersome and, feels a little less bad when you're sweating at it. Uh, I think this is, this is going to, I mean, this is how I would want to work out. It's, it's so fun. It's, it gets me moving in a way that is really athletic and kinetic and uh, you know, gets my heart pumping and my blood pumping. And, but it's because I'm having fun and I want to do it. I'm slamming my arms and like moving around and ducking down. It is, I love this game. I think you sold the heck out of that. 
I mean, it's fifteen bucks. I'm not trying to sell it to. It, it's no, it's, I know. It's uh, I know, but I'm like, I'm so happy to hear how excited you are about this thing. I am a little bit disappointed that from the way that you said it only had ten songs, that there's probably not a lot of deep cuts in there. No, they're all uh, they're all songs I've never heard before. Right? There's not there's not like um, songs you would recognize from the radio. These are all. I think I I could be completely wrong, but I think commissioned for the game. Like they're all you know electronic dance music that feels you know made for the game i mean one of the songs is called beat saber and you know so i think it's all mostly original music um but they're all really good songs i mean they're if you like edm um which i do and they're songs that get you moving and like <laughs> by the end i am i am a, a, a just a sweaty mess of of smiles you know i'm just happy and the first time i i finished a song on hard it was, it felt like a triumph. And now I'm like scratching at expert because I can get through all the hard, I can, I can A rank all of the hard songs and I've S ranked a couple. Um, so it, I mean, it is, it is thrilling and fun and a simple concept. And one of those things that like proves that VR, you, that you have new types of games that you can make. This is a game that just would not work if it wasn't for VR. I really want you to play it, Christian. I think you're going to love it. I'm I'm down. I I definitely don't think I have space in my my little office. I could do a camera pan here for Twitch followers. This is not a big space that I VR in, but I'm down for you to bring it, or I'm down for it to come to PSVR where I know uh, we have space for it. Yeah, I, I hope it comes to PSVR. I hope PSVR can handle uh, that amount. Of, I mean, I think we, playing playing Sprint Vector on it. It's not gonna. It's not more kinetic than Sprint Vector. So, um, mm. but I uh, love custom. I mean, uh, I love custom built. Uh, bespoke songs, but man, the ability to import songs because you know I would just be listening to every Star Wars song playing this thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Yeah, Imperial March would be pretty rad. But I mean, it really does. I think it really benefits from having like that four on the floor. Like, I mean, it would be yeah. you would want Imperial March remix or something. You know, you would want that's what you would want. Um, I do picture the workout videos where it's like the instructor's like, "Okay, everybody, on your feet, first order coming from your right, take them down." But dude. <laughs> You joke, but I, you know, I've done a lot of, uh, you know, P90X and all that stuff. I've done all that stuff. And it's cool to have a, a trainer yeah. on a video, like telling you, to, you can do it. You can keep going. But when they don't have to tell me I can do it because I'm literally trying to destroy the aliens or, you know, get a higher score in my cool thing. That is so much more motivation than somebody saying, you know, keep those knees up. If it's literally like you got to, I mean, because in Beat Saber, I'm doing squats. You know, I'm ducking underneath things and I'm I'm moving my arms back and forth and I'm getting more points when I move more intensely. So, like, you don't need to encourage me because I want to get a higher score. I yep. think, yeah, I think that's I think that's the future. It's just the problem is, you know, feeling sweaty in a mask and nobody likes yep. that. But we're, we're going to get past that. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Uh, all right, so that was that's really the game. I've been, I mean, I'm playing that and, and Heroes of the Storm this week mostly, and, and a little Frostpunk. But, How are you in Heroes? Where are you at? Uh, I mean, we're in the VR section, Christian. So I know, but really I don't, I don't tell me about the game. Just tell me what your rank is right now, just quickly. You oh, it up. Just tell I, me I, I, I don't know if I've given an update. I placed in in gold for this season, which is the highest I've ever been. Thank you. Um, and uh, so the the ranks are five, four, three, two, one. Uh, you know, one is the highest rank in a in a 
color and then you move up like silver one and then you rank up to gold five. So I ranked it, uh, I, I, I placed in gold four, highest I've ever been, felt very good about that. I've been having the coachings with Kyle Ferguson, who's on the show and we do the streams every Wednesday. Um, and, uh, and then I promptly fell to gold five. And so now I'm literally at my, my, um, uh, promotion match. If I win one more, I'll go back up to gold four. So I'm doing good. Uh, I'm above 500 for the, for this season. So I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I would love my, you know, I platinum seems like a dream, like a dream I could never attain. I, I worked really hard to get to gold. Uh, and I'm not gold four, which is like, uh, unbelievable, but, um, now I feel like platinum is is maybe attainable for me if I keep if I keep working at it. So I'm, I'm excited. You can do it. You Thanks. can do it. I believe Thanks, in you. guys. I've Thanks. heard nothing helps a baby fall asleep more than sitting on your knees while playing a computer game. <laughs> I mean that both sarcastically and sincerely. The number of nights, uh, you know, I had a kid on my lap when they were wee wee infant babes and, and yeah. playing games like that little oscillation of like moving my hips when I was competitive in something. <laughs> it's way easier doing that than um, caring for a newborn playing Beat Saber. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what baby Bjorns are for? <laughs> yeah. that, kid, that kid is going to get some rhythm if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> 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 oh, just right after feeding too. Just like, yeah. oh, yeah. right I, oh, I, I thought it was sweat, but it's, it's all baby puke. It's, I've been covered in. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, fun times. All right. Uh, we're going to do some quick questions now, but first I want to thank our final sponsor, which is Sherry's berries. Nothing better than falling asleep with some Sherry's after having some Sherry's berries. It's a, it's a sleep theme sees what i'm doing no i'm so excited that sherry's berries is sponsoring the show i've been a fan of sherry's berries for years and uh i would i've given sherry's berries to people i've sent them to people i have received sherry's berries and i'm always delighted when sherry's berries arrives at the house as a like a, a gift from a we we got some uh, i mentioned this last week we got some from my wife's grandmother as a congratulations for our newborn. And we got lots of flowers from people. And my wife likes flowers. She does. But you know what she likes even more than flowers? Chocolate-covered strawberries. <laughs> Those go over way better than flowers even because <laughs> they delicious, yo. They are so good. These Sherry's berries are not your average uh, berries. They are gigantic. They are luscious. They are grown in some miraculous way that makes them double the size of a normal strawberry that I see at a store. And they cover them in the most delicious things. There's a white chocolate, which just happens to be my favorite. There's a dark chocolate with chocolate chips. There's a, uh, a milk chocolate with nuts. All of them are very, very good. I love – I know Sherry's Berries has other thing, things other than the berries, but I'm a big fan of the berries. And uh, I'm so <laughs> – at this point – uh, they're a sponsor and I may just order some for myself. I may at this, I may, <laughs> I, I may have no shame and just literally order more Sherry's berries for myself because we just finished. I tonight, I finished the last Sherry's berry from my grandmother and I may just order some for myself because right now we're, we have this cool offer that listeners to this show uh, can order Sherry's berries. This is great. By the way, mother's day is coming up. So you probably are thinking about your mom, uh, thinking about maybe, if you have a, a wife who is a, a mom or your own mom, don't just send them flowers. Everybody sends flowers. Do something that they'll enjoy. This is so delicious and it's different and it's really elegant. It comes in this beautiful package that keeps the, the berries all nice and cool. It, it's, it's a really elegant gift. 
And we've got starting at $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Or check this out. You can also double the berries for just $10 more. So that's a pretty awesome offer. And your berries will arrive in Sherry's Berry's signature gift box uh, with a beautiful ribbon. So there's no, not even any gift wrap required. It's really great. <clears throat> and uh, there's only one way to get this amazing deal for mom. Uh, freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 plus shipping and handling. And you can double the berries for $10 more. So Mother's Day is May 13th. So visit berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. And then click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner. That's very important. You have to click on that microphone because you listen to a podcast so that they know that you listen to this podcast. You'll enter the promo code DLC. That's berries.com, code DLC. Eat those berries, yo. Eat those berries. Yeah, not your. Oh no, I talked over the bump. No, no, I'll edit it out. Say what you're gonna say. I was gonna say they're larger than the average bear, re? Huh? That's not. It was not worth it. It was not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was waiting to do it after the re. Yeah, it's not worth it. All right, it's time for some quick questions. These, of course, are submitted by you, our listeners, uh, by sending them to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by posting them on our subreddit. There's a stickied thread there for that as well. But we love it when you send them via email. Uh, The first one, quick question, comes from Chris W. Chris says, if you could erase your memory of playing a game and experience it fresh all over again, which game would you choose? Love the show and keep up the awesome work, guys. Khalif. If you could erase your memory of playing a game and experience it fresh all over again, what would you choose? Bioshock Infinite. Really? Bioshock? Infinite? Huh. Yes. I mean, I, I'm one of those rare people who actually loves that game. I love that game. People game. like poop on it all the time and they're like, it was terrible and it didn't go far enough and blah, blah, blah. I remember finishing that game and sitting in my living room back in Brooklyn and my wife walked in uh, and she saw me in the dark playing this game and I was stuck at the end of it. What we had just finished. They had done all the, the, the exposition about the multiverse spoilers. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, but I sat there and I was like stuck. I was like, that was one of the best experiences I've had while playing a game in a very long time. And I was like, uh, just astounded. And I, I wish that I could feel that feeling again yeah. while playing that uh, and going back into it. Because now I just know too much. Yeah, there's right. Been too many, there's been too many threads, too many too many lighthouses, and too many doors. <laughs> so now I can't go back. But I wish I could just feel that again because that was great. Very cool. Uh, Christian, how about you? Uh, which game do you want to re-experience? So I think there's two ways to approach this question. One is kind of like go back, be the person I was and play it again and to – that answer would be Metal Gear Solid. Um, but I don't you just want to be wanna... young. He's <laughs> like, I would go back and then not play that game. I would go out and live the world. I'd, I'd buy Apple stock and it would be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first I'd own Yahoo stock, then I'd sell that at just the right point and then I'd buy Google. Um, Metal Gear one, I don't know if playing it now for, you know what I mean? It's that weird thing of like so many games have iterated on it, but I love that game when I played it. And I still love it now because of that experience I had with it. But if I were going to erase my memory of any game and play it right now, like as I am right now and have that first experience again, um, it'd be The Last of Us. Uh, Ooh, I, I, I love that game. That. I play the remastered version of it. And I think it would be just as impactful now as it was the first time I played it. Um, so that's if I were playing today with one of those, you know, men in black <laughs> right. memory wipes. Yeah. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind of a gamer. Yeah. Um, I, th- I'm, uh, I 
thought about this a lot. And I think I would be, it would be Lone Echo. <laughs> I know it's a very recent game, um, hmm. but it feels like the, the magic of that game. It's a game about exploration and discovery. It's a VR game. It blew my mind. Uh, when I played it, I just, I couldn't believe I was experiencing what I was experiencing. And it's all about not knowing what's going to happen next and exploring around what's, what's around that next corner. And, um, I would love to have that experience afresh all over again. Oh, it'd be so great. So Lone Echo is my answer. Mm. All right. Uh, quick question. This comes from Gary. He says, I have recently purchased on Steam and promptly returned Vermintide 2, Killing Floor 2, and Deep Rock Galactic. My experience in all three games when joining random groups was very similar. There was no coordination or communication, not even a simple hello from the other players. I was kicked from each game at least once, for which I can only assume was my lack of experience. My question to you is, do you play co-op games with random players or with only with your friends? Mm-hmm. Only with friends at this point because I get really frustrated when people don't know what they want to do. Yeah. It's hard enough to coordinate friends and nevertheless random folks. Um, it, you know, weirdly, I think I've done it in, most recently in Sea of Thieves. Mm. And it was fun when the retail game came out, but when the actual like a beta was happening and we're doing all the load tests, I got stuck. I got jumped onto a ship. Uh, I'm sorry, loaded into a ship. And then every time that I got loaded into a match, I got put in the brig and people would just stand there and dance around me. Yeah. And it was the worst. It was terrible. So I was like, I, you know, you want to give, you want to give the space some chances, but then it just like ruins it and messes it up. Uh, So I kind of like have done it and then went back to just like, nope, not doing that anymore. Nope. It's the worst when you are excited about a co-op game like Sea of Thieves or, or, you know, any of these experiences where you're like, oh, it's so cool to play with friends, but none of your friends are into that game or you can't can't Mm -hmm. wrangle up anybody that you actually know in the real world to do it and you still want to play it and you're in that weird gray zone. Uh, I always have a problem with that. I I tend to only play with friends too, but most of the time I don't even do, it means I just don't get to play the co-op mode. Um, But yeah, I guess, I I guess Sea of Thieves was the last one I did randos with. Here's to the storm. That, I guess so. Yeah. I guess that's, that's absolutely the case. Yeah. Every single night I play with uh, strangers. That's a good point. And every single night it's rolling the dice as to whether it's going to be a positive (laughs) experience or a negative experience. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point, Christian. Yeah. I, for me, it's mostly with friends, but then it, I guess it's not randoms, but I, I've, you know, friends of friends. I've met good friends that way that I, you know, we're trying to get a squad up to do a destiny raid. Um, mm. and so this person will pull this one. I think, Cleef, I think you and I did a raid. And I think one of your friends jumped, I think, jumped in, if I remember correctly. And then we ended up playing for a while after that. I could have a, a bad memory on that, but like, I know for sure instances of that happened. I know you, Anthony, and I have played together, Khalif on Destiny. I don't know if you guys knew each other um, before Taromina. And you get, get those groups together, and I really like that. It's like a friend of a friend. You know, like you hook someone up with a blind date. You're going to love him. Uh, he plays <laughs> Destiny 2 all the time. <laughs> He's just like you. Um, and then I'll do occasional duos or squads, mostly squads, uh, randoms and, and Fortnite, because it's – pretty jump in and playable. And I think if you're queuing up randos and squads, most people know what they're getting. <laughs> yeah. Which is not going to be the coordinated, all right, I'm building a tower over uh, <laughs> you know, over at Crater. You're going to flinker. And it's like you're just kind of running around and you know you have someone maybe watching your back. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, this quick question comes from Al from Taiwan. Al says, do you guys often play games on easy? I just played Bioshock 1 and 2 for the first time. Oh, look at that. Another Bioshock mention. Uh, I love the story and feel, but I didn't feel like dying, so I blew through them on easy. It was fun, but I feel like I lost some of the experience. Khalif, uh, how do you feel about playing games on easy? Do you do it? Do you recommend it? Never. I am hardcore. No, I'm just playing. Um, I, I played uh, Wolfenstein on easy, the, the most mm. recent Wolfenstein, because I tried to play it on the normal difficulty, and it was a bad experience. Yeah. Um, so I jumped in and dropped it down to uh, whatever the easiest one was there, and it, it was so much more enjoyable to be able to get through that game and like play it in a way that felt felt good. Uh, so that and God of War, I dropped down from the kind of, um, I guess the, the next level up besides normal, I dropped it down back to, back to one a, a little bit, uh, less hard mm-hmm. on there too, cause I was trying to go, go for it and it just wasn't working. That game is weirdly harder than I would expect it to be, but it was fun. So you don't feel like you lose things like he, that's kind of the second part of his question is, do you feel like you've no. lost, you lose any elements of the game? I'm too old for that. That's yeah, the way I look yeah. at it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have enough time. I don't have to, I don't have to prove anything to anybody at this point. I'm like, I need to get through a thing so I can actually enjoy it and consume it. Yeah. As opposed to just being, uh, knocking my head up against the wall. Christian, I know you have strong feelings about this. You've mentioned before. Yeah. I'm on team easy a hundred percent. Um, especially a lot of the narrative based games where you're kind of this superheroed person i think i play most uh, if not all naughty dog games on easy or whatever the one below normal i really love because it's like if i'm able to run and jump 50 feet throw a grapple catch a tree land in a jeep and peel out i should be able to dispatch five dudes with just as much ease um so i like that feeling of you know feeling empowered in that way wolfenstein's another great example and then i, d- I don't feel like i'm missing out on things because for me i'm it's fun and if i'm having fun that's the way i should play it and i think if a developer is adamant in one way to play their game then don't provide difficulty options or you know do something the way celeste did where there's the game and it's meant to be hard and here's the game or there's the guided mode and and they tell you up front like play or assist mode play with assist mode that's fine you know we recommend trying it this way first it's supposed to be hard but then if you want assist mode we want you to have fun with our game and when you go into assist mode you have all these different options so you can tinker it to have the best experience possible. And I really like that approach where it's, you know, here's our game. And then also we realize not everybody will enjoy it this way. Go and tinker it as, as you will. Um, Jeff, I feel like you may be the most hardcore normal player of, of this trio tonight. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't use that term hardcore, but uh, I definitely have a hang up. And I think a lot of it is how you framed it, that Christian, which is how the developers frame it, <laughs> which is when you name a thing, normal, I have a hard time not playing it on that because mm-hmm. I have this perception that that is the mode at which the game has been most tuned and that's what they assume most people are playing it on. And therefore in order for me to have the best opinion about the game, that's the mode I should be playing it on, you know? Um, and I, that's a hang up in me more than anything else. And I think the more I've hung out with you, Christian, the le- the looser I've been on that a little bit. I- I've definitely felt like, well, if I'm not having any fun, I'm like Wolfenstein is a great example. Wolfenstein is a game that at a certain point I was like, no, I'm putting this on easy. And I'm just, I, I, I want to see the story and I'm just not having fun right now. Um, so I've definitely loosened up a little bit, but I'm pretty 
much locked into normal on any game when I first started for sure. And most of the time I'll try to stick it through on, on normal because even if I'm going through rough times, cause I feel like, well, this is the experience that was intended and I want to sort of understand that. Um, so, but yeah. it's not called intended. Normal, <laughs> but normal has a real and Halo. It's the opposite of that. There's normal, and the right. developers were like, "Intended is heroic, or right. whatever it is, yeah. with one harder." Well, I think that that's a. Uh, I think that might be a nomenclature thing. Like, we, we need to get away from normal. You know, unless unless that's really what they think. If they think that the game should, you know, default might be a better word if that's what they think. Or, um, you know, I, I think the. Um, well, a doom doom is one where it's like all of them sound like a decision you've made <laughs> rather than, you know, one is, one is the default setting. It's more like I, I want to challenge or I don't want to challenge or what, you know, it's like, Oh, that makes more sense than just calling one normal because normal mm-hmm. feels like, I don't want to be abnormal. I don't want an abnormal experience here, you know? So I don't know. Uh, interesting question though. Uh, this next quick question comes from Adam. He says, uh, my question is about VR. I recently picked up a PlayStation VR because of the price drop, and I see so much stuff in the store. I know I could go back and re-listen to a lot of shows, but would you guys be able to give a quick top five VR games? They don't have to be what you think are the best VR games, but what are some of the best experiences to have? Uh, Khalif, you've had some experience in PSVR, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love Headmaster. Headmaster is still one of my favorite games. Um, Super Hypercube is still yes. at the top of my list in terms of games that I've had a chance to play in VR. Um, I have not played Moss, but everyone tells me Moss is fantastic. 100%. Um, um, and there was, ah, man, there was another one that I that just like fell off the top of my, um, spaceships and anyway, I forgot. Well, it's Star Wars. Star, I mean, the Star, the Star Wars from uh, the first Battlefront is a, is a great, it's one was level, it, but yeah, it was good, wasn't it? I heard, yeah, really I, heard I heard a lot of, of folks say it was really good, but those those are my at least my three. Uh, those are definitely ones you should be picking up. Sharif is shouting super hot at us from the, the oh, chat room. Yeah, super hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's weird because I don't connect that. At, well, but yeah, it's like VR versus PSVR, but yeah, it's on it's on everything. Definitely yeah. check. It's really good. Uh, Christian, I know you all uh, underscore the Star Wars experience as far as. Um, I think you have to buy the first Battlefront for that, right? But yeah, I forget if it's free. I mean, I have the first Battlefront, so I don't know. But it's free if you have the Battlefront. I don't know if it's a free standalone, but it is. It's excellent. It's just one mission that's tied into Rogue One narratively, but it's incredible. Uh, I will scream to echo. Uh, Super hot is incredible. The VR, Moss, um, Batman, and then Batman, and Wipeout would be yeah. the one that I would suggest. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think if there's oh, and Resident Evil Seven. Holy crap! If if you yes. can, yeah. which yes. I think is best played in VR, and and why I never finished it. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't mind pooping your pants, um, I, I Moss I think right now is is top of the pops for me. That and Batman are the are the ones where you just go, oh, okay, well I understand why this is amazing. Um, I would also add oh, what was the other thing that I was thinking? Of? Oh, um, Sprint Vector. I think Sprint Vector is awesome. Um, it's, it's very different than other, all those other things. And, uh, it's, it has a steeper learning curve, but man, it's really cool on PlayStation VR. I think they did a good job with it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm forgetting. There's a lot other of other stuff on Vive and Oculus that I would recommend, but c- since you specifically said PlayStation VR, uh, I think, I think the, the super hypercube should not be overlooked. Khalif brought it up. Very, very good game. Simple, effective, super. awesome. So good. 
Um, oh, Rez. Yeah, Rez. Of course, Rez. Oh, yeah. Uh, Polybus. Polybus. I didn't really think. Say? I didn't really dig that. Uh, not no. as much as Thumper. I mean, Thumper, Thumper. is better. Yeah. Thumper, yeah. Thumper is fantastic too. Yeah. But if you only want to buy like one or two things, I think Moss and Batman are are the ways to go, and maybe Super Hyper Cube, but. Uh, and super hot. Oh, there's a lot. See, it's, it's a good purchase. <laughs> it's weird when you think about it. There's like so many different games, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good purchase to be made, especially at the low price point as of now. And hopefully Beat Saber comes out soon. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this episode of DLC, you guys. It's been a fun one. We do have our parting gift come up, coming up, so uh, stick around for that. But Cleve Adams, thank you so much for being here once again, sir. Boys, thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to be able to hang out with you all and chill with the folks in the chat hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, tell uh, tell the folks where they can follow more of your work and your awesome show online. Uh, check out Spawn on Me at Spawn on Me on Twitter. Uh, check us out on all the podcasting places that you'd love to go and pick those up. Or also every Thursday, 7.30 p.m. PST, uh, we are on our Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. And also, if you want to help support us in any form or fashion, uh, definitely check us out on Patreon. We had some really fun shows. Uh, this week, we have two shows. One is the uh, After Dark show. And we talked about our favorite game shows, which was really fun. Um, and we're still uh, breaking out our uh, political show where we bring on folks like YouTube, maybe possibly in the future, uh, to talk about some of your political views in this wonderful non-political world that we live oh. in. <laughs> I need an outlet. I need an outlet. I will. I, I'm telling people, I'm like, this is the place if you want to vent. Yeah. This is going to be a good I'm place to vent if you want to vent. I'm going to um, need to do that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's over at patreon.com slash spawn on me. So you can check all that stuff out over there. Very cool. Uh, Christian, how about you? What do you got going on? If you haven't heard, I am raising money for St. Jude Children's Research, Research Hospital all this month. They uh, incorporate play into the care uh, video games. They've been doing it for years there at the hospital, and they realize what that does. Um, they all of, if you go there as a patient, 100% of your care is free for you and your family, food, lodging, housing. They help kids cure, they cure cancer and kids help them fight it. And they share all of their research with the world for free as well. And they are, uh, they run solely on donations. So I'm running, uh, donations, running, raising money for them this month. You can find the link on my Twitter page at Spicer. It's a pinned tweet. You can also find it on my website, christianspicer.com. Trying to raise $5,000 for them. I'm a little over 2000 right now. Uh, if you've listened to this episode, maybe you skipped the beginning. If we hit, 10,000. I'm pushing the goal past what it is. I told Jeff that I will bick, bick my head. Yes. And I think I said if we hit 15, I will get a tattoo. And I, I am a man of my words. I will, I will do those things, but he um, will get right a now, tattoo I'm... of himself with a bicked haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll get a tattoo of Jeff on my back, oh! like a big Stevo. No, I won't. Do I am. That. I am literally transferring fifteen thousand dollars into the account right now. I, I I won't do that, but I will get. Okay, I will get a tattoo. So far, I'm committed to dyeing my hair pink or purple. Don't cash the check until after you get the tattoo. But I will write you a check right now for fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, that sounds that sounds like a good deal. Sounds reasonable, right? Yeah, and then I do a, another little geeky podcast called At Least 20 More Minutes. It goes out on Tuesdays to patrons at patreon.com slash Christian Spicer, and then uh, everybody on Fridays on the Uninformed Opinions podcast, and then Chris Quintos and I host a parenting podcast called Department of Parenting. You can find the videos on Facebook and links to all of that at departmentofparenting.com. Uh, Jeff, what about you? 
Well, I have a couple of the shows for you to check out. I do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns. Only 20-minute episodes, real easy to digest, funny and fun, and you'll learn something. Give it a shot over at wehaveconcerns.com. And I also do the Slash Filmcast, talking about movies and TV shows. Uh, We had an awesome episode last week about um, Marvel's Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, Got lots of really cool feedback about that episode. Go over and check it out. SlashFilmCast.com. All right, guys. Oh, also, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Kanata. And if you want to send us an email here, it's uh, DLCfeedback at gmail.com. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gift. Hey, give us a suggestion. Khalif, do you have a parting gift to help people get through their week? On the heels of the burning up the Twitter charts video music scene, Childish Gambino came out with his This Is America video slash song because he was on SNL. Incredible. Incredible. If you have time, you should definitely be digging into this season of Atlanta. I feel like this is his best season so far. It's funny. It's interesting. It's introspective. It's eclectic. He's like killing it every, every week. And you need to be checking that stuff out. Uh, so it's super, super good. Check out uh, this season of Atlanta. Is there such a thing as being too talented? He's hitting on like so many different cylinders right now. It's unreasonable. Not even fair. It's like it's not even in fair. my, in my head, I was like, he's, he's pulling some Sammy Davis jr. Kind of stuff out of his, out of his hat right now. It's like incredible. Jeff, I know I've told you, but Khalif, if you haven't go read that New Yorker profile of him, maybe th- from three months ago now, mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's it's incredible that the the man is a genius, hundred percent. He he uh, had a guest appearance on the Totally Rad Show ten years ago, and and then the next thing we know, this happened. I, I I'm not going to take credit for it, <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, you know, the 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 first uh, TRS guest to host Saturday Night Live, and probably the last. But uh, but anyway, <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh... I feel like no, you're probably right. That's probably it. That's probably <laughs> it. Uh, Christian, how about you? What's your parting gift? Uh, there's this band that I'm in. This band, uh, Ghouls. I think their Twitter is Ghouls UK. There's like some other band, Ghoul, that is more what you would expect. But Ghouls, um, they're 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 like a rock little little pop punk. Some of their earlier album has a little ska influence. Their latest album is called Run. And then from their back catalog, I would check out Great Expectations Part Two. Uh, I, I I love them. They're they're great. I'm listening to them a whole 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 bunch. They are called Ghouls, and their current full length album, their newest one, is called Run. Cool, very cool. Well, we got a listener suggested parting gift. Uh, this comes from Daryl in Berlin, Germany. He says, uh, "How's it going, guys? I've been meaning to send this for a while, but I kept getting sidetracked." I want to recommend a book called How Not to Die by the awesome Dr. Michael Greger, who runs Nutrition Facts. In my opinion, it should be mandatory reading for everybody. I'm not promoting any fad diets or anything like that. Instead, it's all science-backed information about health and nutrition. It's incredibly interesting and mind-blowing in parts. If you care about your health, it's easy to get caught up in work, family, and things like video games all while neglecting your health. We only get one shot at this, and it's really quite alarming to see how people neglect their own health, often simply because they just don't know what to believe. One industry saying this, another saying that, etc. This book, book 
does a great job at letting the science speak for itself. I recommend the audiobook on Audible as it's narrated by the doctor himself. Uh, thanks, Daryl. Again, that's called How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger, G-R-E-G-E-R. If you want to send in a parting gift of your own, you can always send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. My parting gift is the new Jason Reitman movie uh, written by Diablo Cody called Tully, starring Charlize Theron. Uh, Christian, you need to get some babysitting and take your wife to this movie. Um, Anybody that has kids needs to go see Tully immediately, if not sooner. Without spoilers, is it the type of movie where the date night continues after the movie, or is it the type of movie where after you see the movie, you're like, oh, we needed to see that movie, but date night's over? Uh, I think date night continues. It is a, it is a, I think a very heartwarming, wonderful movie. I mean, it has, it makes you think, it makes you, you will definitely look at your wife in a different way as she looks at you in a different way, but all in like a healing kind of beautiful thing. Uh, it's, it's extraordinary. I, I really, really loved it. I mean, it's, it's, it's about how hard it is to have kids and like, there's no antagonist in the movie. The antagonist is how hard it is to have kids. (laughs) So, uh, uh, I highly recommend Tully, uh, in theaters now. All right, guys, that's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Khalif Adams and Christian Spice for hanging out. Uh, thanks to all the folks in our chat rooms for hanging out. We appreciate you guys making the show better in real time. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L. Sean Madigan and Zero Star for sending in those awesome uh, bumpers that you hear in the show. Uh, and thanks to all of you who listen, who download the show, who tell your friends about it, who rate us on your platform of choice. We really, really appreciate the time you take to engage us and bring you into our lives. It means a lot. We will be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.